sermon series that's called Emotions. And someone made the comment this morning in our pre-service meeting, imagine if we were governed by our emotions. Imagine how we would live if emotions was the highest authority, meaning all our decisions and everything we did, we did based on our emotions. Can you just think back over the last 24 hours, just reflect on some of the emotions that you experienced, and would you think for a moment, what would have happened if you reacted on those emotions? How would you live if we were only governed by emotions? And through this series, we want to take a biblical perspective on emotions. We want, don't want to dismiss emotions, but we want to have a biblical perspective as to how do we deal with certain emotions. And we already spoke about uh, anger and hurt. And today we're going to speak about a powerful emotion that I believe all of us have faced somewhere before. In fact, I believe this is an emotion that we regularly face. Some of us, we might face this daily. And today we're going to speak on anxiety. For a moment, I'm a bit anxious about this microphone. Just give me a moment. If you don't fix it now, it might strangle me. So we're going to speak on anxiety. Now, as South Africans, I feel we're professionally qualified in the area of anxiety. As a South African or someone living in South Africa, we are familiar with the emotion of anxiety. If you followed the World Rugby World Cup, you would know what I'm speaking about. I mean, for three weeks in a row, to win with one point. Can you for a moment just go back to that emotion when we faced France, when we faced England, when we faced New Zealand? You know, it was just a, it's a natural form of anxiety. Winning with one point. Watching the game. I mean, people had heart palpitations during the game. I know of people, I won't mention names, but they are sitting here in the front somewhere. <laughs> whose smart watches warned them to calm down because of the high blood pressure they were facing. People were turning red. There was sweat. Before you know it, you have to get another shirt at half time because it's just, it's such an anxious environment. And when that final whistle goes, oh man, it's tears of joy, shouts of relief. There's a complete depletion of emotion afterwards. The next day, hundreds of churches throughout South Africa struggled to get people at church because people were depleted. Absolutely exhausted from this anxiety. It was stressful. But we don't just get anxious about sport. There's other things that makes us anxious as well. Some of your children are busy writing exams. And they are facing certain anxiety about these exams. You might be facing anxiety. The whole household might be facing anxiety. Children are stressing about the exams. Moms are stressing about the children. 
dads are stressing about the moms that's stressing. People become anxious whenever we're tested. And rightfully so, some of our children are anxious. Some of us are anxious about the future. Wondering about the future and safety of our nation. The future and safety for our children. Might be anxious about the future, wondering, will I have enough to someday retire? Some of us are anxious about our marriages. Anxious, will it work? Is it going to work out? Is this how it's going to be forever? Some of us who's not married is anxious, will I ever be married? Will I ever find someone? We're anxious about relationships. Some of us are anxious not just about the future of our children, but anxious because of the decisions our children are making. Some of us are anxious about your health. You're facing a reality of life and there's a diagnosis, a prognosis that is not good news. And you're anxious. Some of us are anxious about finances. And you cannot see how you're going to pay the bills. You cannot see how you're going to get out of debt. You cannot see how you will have enough. You cannot see where money is going to come from. Where's the next deal? Where's the next opportunity? You cannot see it on the horizon. And you're anxious. Sometimes there's an anxiousness about failing. What if what is ever happening, what, whatever is happening to me, demonstrates to the world that I'm a failure, that I'm not enough? What is causing you to be anxious? What is causing anxiety in your life? What do you feel most anxious about? Can you put that? Can you for a moment just reflect? What is causing the most anxiety? What is keeping you up at night? So this morning we're going to look at a specific encounter between Jesus and his disciples. And from this encounter, we're not just going to look at anxiety, but we're hopefully going to get to a place where we learn how do we deal with anxiety. What do we do with this emotion? But before we do this, what keeps you up at night? We're going to read from this encounter in Matthew 8. If you have your Bible with you, I would love you to turn there and read with me. And as you do this, I'm going to pray for us. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is always trustworthy and true. And Lord, I thank you that whenever we look to your word, we see something of who you are. But whenever we apply your word, we experience something of who you are. And therefore, Lord, I pray this morning that by your spirit that you would guide my words and guide our understanding unto your truth and your will. That you want to teach us this morning through your word. But Lord, I also pray that you would guide us by your spirit to apply that what you have done 
with us do from your word. And Lord, as we apply this, as we look to your word, may we get to know you more and experience you more, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're going to read together Matthew 8, verse 23 to 27. It's a really familiar scripture. If you know the story, try to for a moment just to unfamiliarize yourself with what's happening here. Then, this is Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. Isn't this a picture of anxiety? The scripture says they got in a boat and suddenly there was a storm. You don't get into the boat when you see there's a storm coming. They got in the boat and everything looked and seemed fine. Suddenly there was a storm. This is what anxiety does. Anxiety is not kind in that it gives you a warning. Anxiety doesn't give you a heads up. Hey, listen, I'm going to visit you Wednesday. <laughs> Prepare your heart. You don't feel it coming. You don't see it coming. And just suddenly, there's this anxiousness inside of you. The storm of emotions creeps up onto you. But then we see this was not just a storm. It was a furious storm. Can you for a moment think about the ferocity of this storm and what happens when there's a furious storm? The storm is caused by this raging seas, this loud winds, the strong winds. It is noisy and intimidating. Whenever we feel anxiousness, there's this noise inside our minds that makes it so difficult to be objective. There's this raging emotions, questions, and challenges. How is this going to change? When is it going to change? Why is this happening? What have I done? What do I need to do? Is it, this is my fault that we are where we are. What did I miss? Where's the change going to come? Will it ever change? Can it change? I don't think it will change. It's just all this raging accusations that makes it so difficult. So difficult to be objective when there's anxiety. But then there's these waves that swept over the boat. And when this sudden anxiety come and this, and this ferocious power of the storm, these accusations and questions, the natural outflow is we get overwhelmed, overswept. And then like the disciples, we cry out, we are going to drown. We cannot see an outcome. See, we become anxious about things and situations where we have no control over the outcome. If you become anxious about what you need to buy at Pick and Pay, 
probably not what I'm speaking about. Something planned better, etc. But real anxiety comes when there's things in, in, in situations where we have no control over the outcome. And when we do not have control, we feel unsafe. And this is what makes us anxious. We have no control and we feel unsafe. So again, I want to ask, what do you feel most anxious about? Because the thing that's causing the most anxiety in your life is probably the thing over which you have the least control. If we go back to the scripture, shout out to make Jesus, wake Jesus, Jesus save us. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, before we get to the part where Jesus calms the storm, there's this unexpected response from Jesus. You of little faith. This is unexpected because the disciples have traveled with Jesus for a while now. They've seen Jesus do various uh, forms of miracles. And now they're facing something that's out of their control, and they're turning towards Jesus, expecting Him to do a miracle. We might look at this and we go, they are demonstrating faith. Isn't that what all of us would do? Jesus, save me. Why is Jesus challenging them, saying, you of little faith? As Christians, does God expect us not to become anxious about anything? Is this what Jesus is doing in this moment? Rebuking them because they are anxious? Does God expect of us never to be anxious? Or is Jesus addressing something else? We get some more insight as to what is really happening here if we look at Mark's account of when Jesus was in the boat with them. So in Mark 4, we read how the disciples wakes Jesus and then they say to him, teacher, not save us, we're gonna drown. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care what's happening? See, when Jesus rebukes them for their faith, he's not rebuking them because of what they believe he can do. He's rebuking them for something else. See, they had faith in God's ability to save them. They just didn't have faith in God's will to save them. They're not questioning God's ability. They're questioning his character. Willie. Can God be trusted? 
is God good? Does God care? How could God allow this to happen? That's the faith that Jesus is challenging. Oh, you of little faith. Problem is the disciples became so focused on the fierceness of the storm, the raging scenes, the seas and uh, uh, raging winds, and they became overwhelmed with these waves that was pouring over the boat that they for a moment forgot who was sitting with them in the boat. Yes, they're turning to Jesus, save us, but they forget who they're turning to. They got so overwhelmed with the storm that they failed to recognize that Jesus is right there with them in the boat in the storm. See, God cared enough that he would send his son. God cared enough that Jesus was willing to become a man. And he is sitting, lying right there with them in the middle of the storm. Does God care? See, the fact that they're going through the storm does not mean that God is not good, does not mean that God cannot be trusted, and does not mean that God doesn't care. He is right there with them. Not just a man who can do miracles, but God himself. Not just an answer to a problem, but God himself. But he is sleepy. <laughs> Let's be honest for a moment. How many times do you feel Jesus is sleeping in your life? Have you thought about the significance of Jesus sleeping while there's a storm raging? Have you thought about the contrast that's happening here? Here you have some grown men afraid, fearful that they would die because of this storm. And on the other hand, you have another man who's facing the same storm, sleeping. What's the significance of Jesus sleeping through the storm? Psalm 4 verse 8 <laughs> says, in peace, I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. The fact that Jesus is sleeping through the storm is a demonstration of his complete trust in the Father. He knows that the Father cares. He knows that it's not his time. He knows that the Father is good. And he knows that the Father will use this for good. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Isn't this a picture of complete surrender? Knowing that it's only God. But Jesus is not just trusting Jesus, God in this moment. His whole life is a testimony of trusting God. Jesus completely trusted him enough 
that he was willing to come to earth and live as a man. Jesus trusted the Father in such a way that he was willing to obey him in everything while he lived as a man. Completely dependent on the Father. Jesus trusted him enough that he did not resist being captured, humiliated, and beaten by the very beings that he helped create. Jesus trusted God enough to take the punishment of sin upon himself. Can you imagine being punished for the sin of the world and still trusting that God is good? Jesus trusted God enough that he was willing to die. Trusted him enough, knowing that the Father needed to raise him to life again. Jesus trusted God in a way that we can never trust him. That's why Jesus is not anxious in this moment. And whenever we struggle to believe, does God care? Whenever we struggle to really trust Him, whenever we struggle to put our faith in in Him, whenever we question, is God good? We turn to Jesus and we look to Jesus and we say, He is the proof that God is good. Not my emotions, not the storm, not the raging winds. Jesus is the proof that God is good and he cares and we can trust him. So how do we deal with anxiety? How do we deal with anxiety when we're facing a storm? See, our our answer to dealing with anxiety is um, usually... We want a storm-free life. This is our answer. We don't want to speak about anxiety. We want to avoid anxiety. We don't want to speak about how we treat anxiety in the storm. We want to avoid the storm. And we do everything in our power to avoid the storm. That's why we accumulate more money and more money and more money and more money because we think that will make us safe. We want a storm-free life. That's how we deal with anxiety. We want the storm to go away so that anxiety will leave with it. Because there's there's this belief that if the storm's away, we won't be anxious. But the reality is our anxiousness does not come from the reality of the storm. Our anxiousness comes from a lack of trust in God. And it's not realistic to expect the storm to go away quickly. It's not realistic to live in such a way that we expect we're going to have a storm-free life. We live in a broken world. And because of sin, in this world, we will face injustice. We will face moments where people hurt us, where people treat us unfairly. Because of the sin of this world, we will face sickness. We'll face relational challenges. 
you will never have enough money to make you feel safe in this world. And we are not powerful enough to control all circumstances. And we are not able enough to trust God completely. It's an unrealistic expectation. See, feeling anxious is a normal response to the storms of life. But God doesn't want to keep us in our anxiousness. God doesn't want us to live in anxiousness. So when anxiety comes in the storm, how do we deal with it? The way we deal with anxiety is based on what we believe. The scripture ends, after Jesus calmed the storm, they turned to each other and they were amazed, which is, which is funny. I mean, they turn to Jesus, ask him to do something, and then he does something and they go, wow. But they ask this crucial question, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. The way you deal with anxiety is based on the way you answer this question. What kind of man is this? See, when we feel anxious, we need to turn away. We need to turn our eyes away from the ferociousness of the storm, and we need to look to Jesus, and all of us need to answer the question, what do I believe about him? Because what I believe about Jesus in the moment, in the storm hits, will determine how do I deal with anxiety. What kind of man is this? What do you believe about Jesus? Because if, if you believe he is the son of God who died in your place for sins of the world, that you are forgiven and restored back into relationship with God, if you believe that he was risen from the dead and he is the Lord of all, if that's your belief, when you look at Jesus, then there's three things that we hold on to in the midst of storm. That because he is the son of God, because he's Lord of all, because he's already given so much, I am never alone. He poured out his spirit on us. Not because we deserve it, but because of what Jesus has done. And regardless of what you go through in this life, you are not alone. I remember lying in the hospital um, one evening with COVID. Um, I was convinced I'm dying. I honestly thought this is it. And I had one of the most surreal encounters of my life with God in that moment. Where I felt the tangible presence of God. And the best way that I can explain it is to say I felt something like a hand pressing down on my chest. Heard, I'm here. That's it. 
I didn't hear, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to change this. <laughs> just felt God saying, I'm here. And the presence of God shepherd something in my heart. It's an absolute privilege to know that whatever you go through, God is with you. He will never leave you, never forsake you. No matter what you go through, he's there. If what we believe about God is true, then Jesus is the proof that God cares. And that God cares about your eternal destiny, not just your present circumstances. And if God is trustworthy, as we've seen in the life of Jesus, then we can trust him by submitting to his will. Not my will, God, but your will be done. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know where the answer is going to come from. I don't know how you're going to calm the storm, but I trust your will. And if we believe that Jesus is who he says who he is, then he is the Lord of all. And therefore, we submit our fear, our anxiety to his authority. And we ask him, Lord, would you, would you rule over this? See, when we do these things, when we recognize that we are not alone, that God is good and we can trust him and we submit to his will and, and we trust his authority, that is when we hand over control of our life. And that's when the peace of God comes in. When we say, God, I cannot, and I hand over. It's then when we experience the peace of God. And so in a very practical way, we find the peace of God by giving over control, knowing that he is with us, submitting to his will, not my will, but your will be done, and submitting our anxiety to his authority. Lord, would you rule over my What is causing anxiety in your life? Can you hand over control to God? What do you believe about Jesus? This morning we're going to end and we're going to pray a practical prayer. And this is not compulsory. I'm going to give you a moment just to personally reflect over where you are. What's the things that you're anxious about and what do you believe about God? Then I wa want to invite you to pray this following prayer with me. Thank you, Lord, that you are with me. I hand over control of my life and future to you. I trust you, Lord, and submit to your will even when I don't understand it. And I submit my anxiety to your authority. Would you give me your peace? So would you close your eyes and would you take a moment just to pray into this. Pray that God will show us what do we believe about him. And whenever you're comfortable, there we are, don't you want to pray this prayer?
sir, this morning, if you're facing anxiety for whatever reason, and you want to make it like a declaration, God, I'm handing over. I'm choosing to trust your will. I'm choosing to submit my anxiety unto your authority, Lord. I acknowledge that you are present. If that's you, but you still feel that anxiousness, don't you want to stand in this moment? We'd love to pray for you. that we as a church now turn to each other. And we'd we gather around these people and we're gonna pray now for the peace of God to come. We wanna pray on their behalf, Lord, that the storm will calm down, that God will come and he will speak to this storm, that he will bring change to this storm. But more importantly, that he will bring peace to their heart. So I wanna ask, let's stand, let's move around, let's gather around those who need prayer. some of our core leaders if you're not praying with someone that you would come and join me here in the front please surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you this is how I fight my battles 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 this is how I fight my battles. You with us, this is how I fight my battles. 
surrounding us from every side. This is how I fight my battles. You with us. This is how I fight my battles. 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 It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You're here with us. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You're surrounding us from every side. You're within us, you're next to us, you're around us. Thank you for your presence, God. That you're with us, will never leave us. You're with us, God. Family, I want to invite you to stand up with us. And as we end over with these two songs, that we will declare that He will do it again. That He will move that is with us, that we are not dependent on our circumstances, but we are standing on His faithfulness and His promises. Thank you, God, that we can stand on Your promises this morning, Your faithfulness, God. See you. 
Thank you that we can stand on your promises today, that we know that you've never failed us yet. And may we see the mountains move, God. May we know that you are with us and that you will do it again. And that the battle belongs to you, God. And as we end off this morning, may we know that you are with us in every battle. Nothing can stand against the power.